Hi guys, before we get into this week's podcast, I would like to invite you to check out Gorilla My Dreams Presents Lucifer Bim Bomb on Kickstarter now. This is uh, my new comic book you can pre-order. Um, it's the third issue of my ongoing Gorilla My Dreams uh, series. Um, yeah, so look, check it out. There's going to be a link in the show notes below. Um, so yeah, check it out, pre-order my new comic and, um, hope you enjoy the podcast. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Turtle Boy Podcast. I'm Big Tim. I'm Luke McWilliams. And this week we're going to be looking at, what are we looking at Luke? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles micro series Donatello. Nice, but first, this week's podcast, as usual, is brought to you by Lucky Buddha Beer. Cheers, sir. Cheers, brother. Mmm. I don't know, uh, how, don't know how we did it without Lucky Buddha Beer for so long. I know. I mean, it's been a... A weird year. We were, I mean, through winter. Um, what were we having? We were having that other one. We were having. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Oh, Changs. 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 Good on you, Chang. Yeah. But um, Lucky Buddha is back. Chang, Chang, you stepped up when Lucky Buddha couldn't make it. Yeah. So we do give you our thanks, but uh, now that Lucky Buddha's back, just piss off. That's right. <laughs> back home, baby. <laughs> um, okay. So oh, it's Australian summer. It, yeah. Well, it's barely Australian summer. I'm feeling it. I'm me, feeling it. Me and you are looking at each other over the table. If I look half as bad as you look, <laughs> I kid, yeah. but we're both sweating because yeah. it's so freaking hot. I wouldn't let Luke turn the air conditioner on while we were uh, recording. Quality control. Well done. That's right. Trying. Trying. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hot. It's getting there. And it's... we're not even in summer yet. No, November? December. December yeah, is the kickoff, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We um. This has been noticeably the hottest day for it's, me. It's been very. Uh, it's been nice this week, mm. but then today it's just like like Satan just came up and said, "All right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm whack Canberra with a bit of a hot stick this today." Yeah. Um, and and that's it. Like it, it's so Australian at the moment. Yeah. We can we can hear like the the sun has dropped. Yep. But it's twenty six degrees right now. Yep. And and there's flies everywhere. Um, we just we just heard uh, <sighs> someone emptying out their their beer bottles <laughs> outside your apartment here. And um, yeah, yeah, glass flying past. Australia, bitch, giddy up. Yeah. There we go. Um, oh man, it's going to be a hell of a summer. Uh, I reckon, man. Like I think last summer, mm. and again with with our bushfire disasters oh, that we had, horrible. I think that's the hottest summer I remember. Well, we would have to have been, wouldn't it? I mean, the bushfires would have made things in Canberra hotter. Um, I escaped down to the coast in South Australia, yep. and even from there, 
um, you know, I couldn't escape it because I was looking overlooking the ocean and Kangaroo Island was on fire. Yeah. Yep. You know, so there was smoke everywhere. Yeah. It was a hellish time. It was. This time, with, with COVID and um, my beloved South Australian state in a six-day lockdown, yep. just been upgraded to three days. After, hear- they, after they shipped out all the sports people ah. to another state... Because obviously coronavirus doesn't like sports. Um, <laughs> but a dude at a pizza parlor wasn't all that truthful. Did you hear about this? No, no. So his report was, oh, I ordered a pizza. That's how I got the coronavirus. Turns out the dude Did he have worked. sex with the pizza? <laughs> what, did, what did you do with the pizza? Yeah. Well, what do you do with pizza? A photo. <laughs> you pay 20 bucks for it. Yeah, you just got to make right. it. Earn it. But, um, but he worked at the pizza place. So with that information, they wouldn't have gone so crazy that they have. So it's being downgraded. But th- this whole COVID time has reminded me, and it's not to poo-poo on anyone who's suffered from COVID, yeah. but it's reminded me of the ending of... Um, um, in, 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 oh God, the, the war, uh, Avengers, Infinity War. Right. Where it's all just a bit strange. Yeah. It's all a little bit odd. Yeah. There's yeah. less people on the road. You can't sit next to people in the cinema, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Yep. But after a while, it, it's just a bit odd. So this is going to be the first summer where we have a COVID summer. Yeah. Where we won't have crowded beaches and we won't have... We will. Well, will we, we? We couldn't, but we couldn't, even in the middle of winter, we couldn't keep Melbourne off their beaches. Yeah. And they've got shitty beaches down there. They're not the nice Queensland and South Coast beaches, man. Yeah, that's they've true. got rocks on the beach and we couldn't keep them out of there. I don't know. I don't know. I saw I saw um video and, and photos of Adelaide in the, during their lockdown, the city. Yep. Not a bean. No one was around. I, I gotta say <clears> when when we were all we when we all started working from home mm. here in Canberra, and I think again, I, I don't think Australia uh, I don't think Canberra felt the economic pinch as a oh, lot no. of the other cities because oh, being Canberra's a, being a public service yeah. city, everyone just worked from home. Mm. So it was the same. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying no one lost their jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That a lot of us were feeling a pinch, you know. Um, but with with most of us just working from home, mm. I loved that time because, mm. like you said, the streets were empty, but you'd start seeing fucking animals and birds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just birds on the street. <laughs> Again, like um, Endgame. Yeah. You know, oh, well, the benefits are we've got more dolphins in the water and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But, you know, and, and life uh, fires away. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's just odd. Yeah. Just strange. Like like uh, in, in America, you know, deers walking around the street. Canberra, we always have kangaroos bouncing everywhere. We have kangaroos anyway. when we don't have coronavirus. I know, so. I know. But it's just, just strange. And um, the thing about South Australia is you know, when people call it a nanny state... It's because it fucking is. Right. And, um, and people won't be crowding in places because they will get fined. Yeah. They will, boom, get it. And, um, and so it's going to be, it's going to be weird. And, and I don't know. I don't know if the feeling is going to be a Christmassy end of year, yeah. that, that usual thing. It almost feels like a placeholder until things settle yeah. maybe next year yeah, or the yeah. year after. And I mean, it's the same as, you know, we've been hearing, you know, in the States with, um, prom and stuff how people mm. haven't been able to do prom and that, prom prom and that good looking dude from the office made their prom nights happen yeah, yeah, yeah. god that guy <laughs> i was like how about uh, yeah john kaczynski yeah what was, did he do um he, he he basically hooked up a band like all through skype 
a band, so people were at home, kids were at home dancing with their mum or dad. Yeah. But it was all, you know, you had your mates on your your big computer screen. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was like it was like prom, but your parents. Parents are there. Parents are there. Watching. You're dancing yeah. with your parents. And, and you're, not, you're, not, you're not making out with the girl you've been after all, all year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, he, he did things like that. You know? That's great. And I'm like, come on, Jack Reacher. No, is that the character he plays? Uh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yeah. Like, come on, Jack Ryan. I could use a little bit of that love. <laughs> sure, sure, I'm not missing out on prom, but i got I got problems. i got depression, yeah, yeah, dude. i got depression. Give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a poor call and line me up to have a chat with my favourite celebrity or something, dude. Yeah. America isn't the only place with problems, Jack Ryan. Well, they, they've got... When they have problems, they, yeah. they have problems. Oh. Yeah, so it's hot. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Again, Cam- Canberra's the place to be if you're in Australia because... It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. we had one case pop up this week, but that mm. was because some diplomat... Came rode right. in, yeah. rode in on his pale horse, rode in on his horse of plague. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, you know we haven't had a case in months and months and months, and uh, yeah. And I- I'd like to think that's because we've got our shit together, but maybe it's just worked out that way. Well, I, look, I think Canberra being the smallest capital city of Australia, mm. um, potentially the smallest capital city in the world. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Like, and and again, us all being. Uh, the majority of us being public servants, mm. we it didn't. You know, we just started working from home instead. Oh yeah, you but, know but I, mean? I think also because we 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 don't have a lot of people travelling in and out apart from sitting periods where they got rid of all the non essentials. Yeah, which really in Parliament House when you pull that string, <laughs> um, it should just be a ghost town. Yeah, it should be like the cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> that's maybe probably it. But, um, yeah, so we don't have a lot of influx. I mean, you know, this whole thing kicked off pretty much International Airport Sydney. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and that's just textbook. Yeah, right. No, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, so, the summary of all that, it's hot. It, it's, it's hot. <laughs> and and be... Are you a winter person or a summer I'm, person? I'm a winter person. I am definitely. such a winter baby. I, I yeah. worked 10 years in a meat freezer, um, minus 20 degrees. Why? Did you mean to? <laughs> no, I got lost. I was on a school trip and I just got lost. And then one day That's they where moved, they kept me. One day they moved some boxes and I was behind there like um, Jack Nicholson on uh, The Shining. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I was a warehouse manager in a, in a meat freezer. What's he saying? He says, you owe me a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, cool. So so <clears throat> I, I've really adapted to the cold and then I used to drive trucks up to the snowy mountains, mm. you know, and I got caught in blizzards a few times and stuff and... Dude, that's so cool. And then I'm just like shirt off in the blizzard. <laughs> yeah, all the all my body hairs just the snow's caking on my body hair and making your uh, Batman Antarctica armor. All your jump jump has formed muscles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the snow layers on me like carefully crafted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm a winter person, dude. Yeah. I, uh, the, the fan is on when I'm sleeping in winter. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Censored. I'm buck naked when I'm sleeping, even in winter. Ooh, if you don't mind. Um, oh lord, oh lord! I, I swear I am getting the vapors. Uh, actually, my, my number one photo on um, oh, shit. Instagram, yeah, the most likes was that naked, sh- naked um, boudoir shot I did. Yeah. Um, 
what, yeah. what do you call it? A boudoir selfie. Yeah, people yeah. love that shit with, with the little with the with the finger on the cheek, yeah. the little cheeky. It's <laughs> hilarious. On my cheek, on my face, not my cheek on my butt. Oh, there you go, true. Um, yeah, but that's basically my. That's how I sleep. I um, <laughs> I, I basically ended a relationship because I couldn't stand Perth. You know, because I, I, I tried it out. I couldn't do it. Yeah, right. Just because of the heat. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know why, but I've always run hot. So winter, yeah, yeah Canberra winters, I love. You like, see me in winter t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And people complain about how bitterly cold Canberra winters are. I don't even own a jumper, dude. Oh, but I love jumpers and jackets yeah. and scarves. So I love all that. Because you look so fucking smooth. I do. Let's, let's be I honest. Do. <laughs> but I do, because like in summer, you just rely on your bod, yeah. really. You, you, you got nothing to cover that up. That's so right, that's right. Maybe a, uh, you know, a, um, a Hawaiian shirt that... Um, um, Dude from Evil Evil Dead wears in that TV series. Do you remember that one? Hawaiian. Ah, who? Evil Dead. What's his name? Ah, dude, Bruce Campbell. He was in this TV series where he. Oh, um. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. he's just he's just a side character, but he's always at this you know bar with having a drink, shirt Hawaiian shirt on. Dude, I'm going to be honest. I've started wearing Hawaii shirts to work. That's awesome. Um, I've only got two, so only two days a week. But my director actually walked past the other day and said, oh, I wish I had that shirt on. Make me feel like I'm at the beach. All right. I was like, hey. And, and, uh, and it's a day I'm wearing jeans and sneakers as well. Nice. Um, <clears throat> which is hidden by the desk. That's why I get away with it. But I was like, you know, when people say, don't dress for the job you got, dress for the job you want. So yeah. I'm in a Hawaii t-shirt, uh, <laughs> Hawaii shirt, jeans and sneakers. I, the job I want is fucking Magnum PI, bitch. The job I want is retirement. Yeah, <laughs> job, I want, job I want is the random breast tester at the beach. Boom. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We just lost half our listeners. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, no, it's hot. It's, it's hot. fucking hot. I'm and very interested to see, like, um, you know, the local, in Queanbeyan, where I live, mm. the local pool's open. Yeah. But I don't know if I, I'm going to take my kids down to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, It's moved, like, even... Because I'm from South Australia, so even with the outbreak that they had, there wasn't any restrictions on travel. Right. But you had to isolate for six days. Right. Right? It, it, so it's weird to me. Like, now that we're getting to the Christmas period, it seems like the onus and the responsibility is really being pushed onto individuals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's any safer. It just means that's what they're doing now, yeah. I think. And, yeah. and so you need to read between the lines and really make your own choices. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, it, it's actually a very interesting conversation because I've been thinking about this a lot recently with my family. Um, half of us are here in Canberra. Mm. My baby sister is in Adelaide. Yep. Okay. And my oldest sister's in Brisbane with, with her, um, I say her kids, but her kids are, you know, 20, 25. Moved on. Um, and my parents are in Wollongong, which is two and a half hours drive away. Mm. So, so they're not too bad. Mum still comes down. But I, I think even though we are hesitant to admit it, I think that the world has changed in that we need to start making decisions about who what people we want in our lives and what people we don't. Oh, right. As far as family's concerned. Yeah. Because if they keep shutting down the borders, mm. how long till I can see my sister again? Yeah. Yeah, we've just gone through months and months of not being able to get into Queensland. Um, South Australia wasn't too shabby, but now, I, even though it's only a few days, yeah, they've shut the borders to South Australia. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be the norm. 
mm. from here on out. It, you know, these little clusters of COVID are going to pop up. We're going to go bang into lockdown, mm. hopefully quickly and get it over with. Mm. But I think there's going to be a sense of uncertainty where we're going to have to decide, look, my sister in Brisbane, look, you know, we love you. Mm. We're down here. Just fucking come down here. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. Because, like, you know, when someone lives that far away, you might not even see them for a year anyway. Mm. But then if, if things go so hardcore that they lock the, ba- the border again, how you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Melbourne was shocking for months and months. You know what I mean? And no one was coming or going from Melbourne. Mm. You know, and if I had family there, then I wouldn't be seeing anyone. Yeah. You know, so it's just something I've been thinking about, you know, that we it's, we need to, you know, I don't know. But that's it. I think this is the norm now. This, yeah. is, this is how yep. it's just going to be. And, and I think from now on, they're, they're talking about vaccinations. I don't know if it'll ever happen. But um, I think this is just what's going to happen. It's going to pop up in different areas. Mm. They'll shut it down. You know what I mean? Mm. We go about our lives mm. until it pops up in our area and then we're shut down. Well, it really is the stiff upper lip and getting on with it, isn't it? Like, um, there's no point... Well, I, I guess in a couple of years' time, they're going to say, oh, how different was it when you were a kid? It's the same any generation. Yeah. It's always different. There's always something. I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, um, the environment, climate change, you know, going to the beach with your top off, not yeah. having sunscreen. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we do. We need sunscreen now. Yeah, and we right. just get on with it. I like... Yeah, yeah I step out. Without a shirt on, my body hair catches on fire. Yeah. Us winter babies. Well, that, and that's exactly it. You know, you can't even mow your lawn without your shirt on, you know, yeah. in springtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, even thinking about that, lawns. You know, there was, there was a year where we were on um, restrictions for water. For water, yep. And we just had to get on with it. Yep. You know, it's just a constant... It's like, you know, the saying, life is a shit sandwich... You just have to choose which flavour you like. You just have to choose, you know? pick out the nutty bits. Yeah, well, I like the nutty bits. Oh, so, well, you, know, you pick out the slimy yeah. bits. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you yeah. pass the slimy bits to there me, I'll go. pass the nutty bits to you. Yeah, and your pickles. I have your pickles. It's pickles, so, yeah, yeah, take that. Yeah. yeah, so there's no point wallowing on what used to be. It's just, well, this is it. Yeah. You know, and move on with it. And I think that's easy for a couple of middle-aged dudes. In Canberra. In Canberra, to say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, we do acknowledge that there's people doing it really oh. rough out there in the yeah. world. And, uh, but, you know, life changes. I mean, it's like the, the, the dream of having a house in your lifetime. Yeah. You know? Yep. Now it's all apartment blocks. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's just different. And then some of us in various generations have come to the point where we've just acknowledged we're never going to own a property. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> you know I've got I mean? a lot so, of friends yeah. who, who are in the same boat. Yep. It's just that's, that's not in their game plan. Um, and it's just different times. Yeah. My <clears> kid <throat> keeps asking me what I'm going to leave her when I die oh, as an inheritance. Jesus. And I'm like, well, you can have my debt. <laughs> <laughs> said, and my ashes. I said, Hector can have me comic books. You can have my, uh, <laughs> oh, thousands man. and thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. Yeah. It will be great. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even then, you know, we might even get to a point, you know, is there any, is there, is there, is there any worth or to keep that tradition yeah. to pass well, things on? You know? I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be. No. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay, let's, let's get on with it. <laughs> yeah, pick it up a bit. What entertainment have you been consuming this last couple of weeks? So I finished Invincible. Yes, right. So yeah. I smashed the comic book Invincible. Okay, but mm-hmm. did you read the Guardians of the Globe one shot? Did you read the Astonishing Wolfman? 
See, I tried going back to see what I missed. It was a little bit hard because I read them all in, in huge digests. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then the individual one-offs were fed into those digests. Oh. So I think I did. I okay. think I did. So what you're going to need to get, though, yeah. is those astonishing Wolfman. Okay. Because he, <clears throat> he did turn up in Invincible, mm. but then he had, like, excuse me, three trade paperbacks of his own as well. Oh, okay. Set in the same universe. Cool. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, anyway, Invincible, yes. It was interesting because, like, usually, I mean, with the Turtles, back in the day anyway, I read every single letter that went into the comic books. Yep, yep, yep. Like, all the letter pages, all that. Didn't do that this time with Invincible because I just wanted to cr- yeah. keep on cracking. Yep. And um, I read the final one, and it was amazing to me that um, Kirkman had been doing Invincible for 15 years. Yeah, right. So there's 145 comics. Yep. And so I would have thought you do one a month, yep. but we're in the realm of independent comic book yep. creators, so it's a little bit easier to slide these things. Yeah. So 145 in, in 15 years. That's, that breaks down to under 10, under 10 in a year. Really? Oh, that's not as bad as yeah, I thought it would. Nine or 10 Well done, Rain Man. So um, <laughs> that's not shabby at all. Yeah, so still doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and um, and you've read the whole series? Nah, right. I I was collecting the trades, but then mm. um, tough financial times came across, and yeah. and I had to make some sacrifices. So I, I stopped <clears> reading that and The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, so I did get a good chunk into it. I think I had like twelve trades or something. But well, the thing that I picked up on with and everyone did with The Walking Dead as well, the TV series, and what I think in the, in the, was from the comic book anyway, but definitely got through Invincible as well. Everything was very cyclical. Yeah. Like you started to see, oh yeah, okay. Same thing happening again. Yep. Same people coming back, same argument, same fight, same result. Yeah. You know, um, costume changes going back to the same one previously. Yep. Yep. And it got, a, well, it got repetitive. Yeah. And it, you know, these types of comic books, I, I think they're called freeform or they, like they, they just basically sort of mosey along. There's no real structure. There's no binding it together. A bit like what you have with Marvel and DC, where you have miniseries, yeah, so you know, um, and, and arcs. So it's the opposite to the way Marvel and DC decompress their stories now. Well, compress them into, into yes. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. So I forgot what it was called, but it's basically like a free flowing storyline. Yeah, okay. And yeah. that's what um, the turtles will eventually evolve, devolve into when Peter Laird gets them. Um, compared to what we've been having so yep. far, which are set stories, yep. you know, like arcs. Whereas um, you could argue that Invisible did have those, but yep. they're very loose. Yeah. Yep. So on the one hand, they're good because they're fresh, they're vibrant, yep. they're not tied down to any one thing. They can do whatever they want. But for somebody like me who likes their structure, likes their setups and payoffs, you don't have any of that. Yep. And um, I was thinking about this today as well because... Um, that's one of the great things about Invincible was that it was just so fresh and it was reminiscent of the golden years yeah. of um, comic books yeah. where Spidey, you know, he would like, you'd have a bad guy of the week. doesn't matter where they came from. There they are. Yep. Oh, next week, a new thing. Yep. And so eventually that free form, free flow, it almost like creates so much chaos over a couple of years. You go, oh, what do we do to tie this up? <sighs> Create an entire new universe. Ah, yeah. oh, right. Yeah. You know, because... Once you have smart-ass comic book um, fans who get a little bit older and look back and go, hmm, that actually contradicts this. Yeah. And you've done all this free flow, but you haven't thought about da-da-da. Yeah. And how old is Peter Parker now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
new universe, yeah, you yeah. know? But then if you take it the other way and you make it all arcs and all that sort of thing, it becomes too constrained yeah. and it loses its freshness yeah. because then it's it's um, inhibiting itself to try new things. And so that's what we find with um, Batman, yeah. you know? Like, all in the movies anyway, always going back to his origin. Like, we've got a new The Batman in his early days, yeah, you know? Yeah. Never getting too far away from the core of what we know yeah. because we're too constricted. We yeah. don't want Batman to evolve we want his yeah. origin story in his first couple of years, and that's it. We don't want any of our superheroes to evolve. We don't want we, change. We don't want to change. We don't want to see our, any of our heroes get out of Act 2. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we love our origin story. We love our Act 1. Then we just want them to yeah. keep <clears throat> it going in Act 2. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's interesting because, like, too much history in a comic book, um, you're alienated fans. Yeah. So I guess... Invincible is fresh, does its own thing, it's free-flowing. When it does have a huge number of characters, they're recycling through them. So there's not too many, actually, and that's the whole point. You just see the same faces all the time. But for me, I would have liked to have seen half the issues and just do it really well. Yeah. You know? But um, it's going to translate really well to a TV series. I think that's the other thing about... um, We were talking earlier about uh, Stan Lee and... uh, Mm. You know, the guys in the 60s, how you're churning out comics. Yeah. Right? You're writing four comic books a month. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, Kirkman, for example, is probably writing Walking Dead, Invincible, something for Marvel, you know, oh, something yeah. for Dark Horse. You know what I mean? Um, whereas, see, you know, you look at the people who are dropping comics on Kickstarter, mm. they're focusing on one book, if it's a series. You know what I mean? So they've got the time. They're not, and they're not dropping monthly. Mm. You know, they've got the time. You know, three months to put a comic together. I guess is a pretty quick turnaround in the indie. Yeah, right. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, but they got time to make their stories tight and whatnot. But it, when you're, um, you know, writing for a boss, you need to churn in the script a week. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think you really get a chance to. And as good as there are some writers out there, I don't think you really get a chance to make it as good as you can. No. You know what I mean? Then again, how good would you be without that boss breathing down your neck in that time frame? Yeah. You know? That's yeah. what I love about doing podcasts, because you just have to get it out the door, yeah. you know? So, And um, some people don't work really well with um, indefinite time. Yeah. So Yeah. No, you know. no, you're exactly it, right. It's all a balance, isn't it? A deadline is a beautiful thing. It is. But, um, and yeah, you know, I'm not shitting on Invincible. I had a good time with it. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it got repetitive, just like The Walking Dead got repetitive. You know, they find a, a, a decent place to stay. Things don't go well with the power structure. Zombies come flooding in. They have a battle. Then they have to move again. Yeah. And they just kept on going on. And, you know, so either you like wallowing in that or just, just tie it up. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, I mean, again, I only read half of each of those series. Oh, right. Like, you know, um, <clears throat> like I said, Invincible and then mm. Walking Dead. I never kept up with them till the end of each of the books. Yeah. Um, so maybe the point is, no matter what you do, you're doomed to fail. Yeah, okay. And that's what life is, you know. Yeah. Then again, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Batman fan and I don't mind Act 2 for Batman. Yeah. I like seeing what he gets up to, you know, and, and different adventures, different um, guys to um, battle. Yep. 
But I guess if I went back and read all that, I'd go, this is all repetitive. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing, just a different, yeah. different it's like, guy. It's like when someone like me complains that chick flicks are so formulaic. Well... And then, and, and then, but then the lady who I'm arguing with or whatever at the time, she will say to me, yeah, but your horror flicks are so... Yeah, your superhero flicks are I would are have formulaic. said Marvel for a... Well, no, yeah. it's not. But that's exactly it. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's it's a formula we enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. And it's the same as, you know, people who enjoy, you know, rom-coms. It's a formula they enjoy yeah. and they're comfortable with, you know? So, um... What do you think about the flash forward when you when you finish a season on TV or in a comic book and they say ten years later, and then you see eventually where it would have gone? Do you like that? I like what, well, and then that's where the story just keeps going from. No, the end. Ten years later, this is where everyone ends up. The end. Oh, look, you got to wrap it up somehow. Yeah, you know. But um, I prefer. Um, I prefer potential futures. Right. Like, uh, the, the best comic I read last year was uh, Doom Patrol at World's End number, I'm going to say four. Yep. Right? Where it was a... It was really up my alley. It mm. was a detective noir story set in the future. And each of the Doom Patrol, it's like, yeah, okay, it's 20 years in the future. Yep. So they're all changed and developed and whatever... You know, and um, you know, Robot Man's the detective in this story trying to figure out some murders and stuff. But uh, you know, that sort of thing where it's not saying this is a, the definite future, but mm. hey, things could go this way. Let's have a glimpse at what could. could That's be. cool. I guess I, what I I'm like talking it. about is an epilogue. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it ends ten years later. Here's your epilogue, and then the end. You know. Well, would you would you rate that as the equivalent of a? post-credit sequence for Marvel movies. No, because they're to entice you for something else. Where this is, they all live happily ever last. Well, the but... End. Okay, maybe with Marvel. Mm. But the very first post-credit sequence I remember seeing was the first Fast and Furious movie. Oh, really? That had a post-credit sequence? Yeah, bitch. In the first movie? In the first one. What happened? Because you know at the end of that movie, 20-year fucking spoilers... <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to yeah, do yeah. um uh, Vince Dom Dom yep right and Dreamy McDreamerton Brian Brian yep. you're the Brian. That last drag race at the very end yeah. and the train comes out and Dom's car hits it yep flips over he's all sore and whatever mm-hmm. and then Brian's like I owe you a th- three second car or whatever it is yeah, yeah. an eight second car Gives him the keys and he drives off. That's the end of the movie. The police come. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. He's at not the, coming back. At, at the end of the credit sequence, yep. Dom's in Mexico. 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 If there's any Mexican people listening to this, we're going to... Um, and it's just... You just see him in the car. There's, it's like the Mexican desert. Yeah, right. And you just see him in the car and he, he says... The, the voiceover says that line again. You know, a uh, mile and... One mile at a time, yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck. It yeah, one mile. At a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing else matters, and that's it. And then, then it finished as he's cruising down the highway. Awesome. So but he, that's but he that's a happily ever after. Not really, because he's brooding. And he's you know you don't know. No, nah, because he escaped. He's in Mexico. He, yeah. he wanted to go to Mexico. Okay, cool. So I never in, knew that. In that one, yeah. the post-credit sequence was just like, well, he took off. Oh, look, he's in Mexico. What? He's fine. <laughs> 
I don't think you're he fine. He beat two people to death, but I'm glad he got away because yeah. he's a likable lug. He's a scoundrel. We like him. <laughs> Every time I saw him, I wanted to, if he had hair, yeah. scruffle his hair. Um, but uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, anyway, but obviously Marvel used it for a completely different yeah. purpose to to give us hints as to what's coming and all that sort of stuff. I mean, spoilers with Invincible, but they do jump forward yeah, okay. at the end, and it just made me think, ah. Oh, it's almost like screw it. This is everything that we had planned for yeah. the next God knows when. Yeah. The end. You know. Well, I did remember reading when um, Rob Kirkman was going to finish up Invincible. Mm. Him saying, "At first, I thought I was just going to like the Ninja Turtles and just let it go. Mm. Let Image get some more creative teams on it and for it to go to forever." Yeah, he said. But then I got to the point where I was like, "No, I think." You know, I, I don't want to get to the point where I'm an Alan Moore and I'm like, what are they doing with my characters? You know? Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, okay. And so that's why he decided he was going to write the end. So maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. You could... <sighs> yeah, it's tricky. Like like giving your baby away, I guess. Yeah. But you, you couldn't... I mean, you know, I love Mindhunter. <clears throat> yep. David Finch's Mindhunter. Yep. He doesn't direct every episode. Yeah. Some other people direct different episodes. But what a, um, a showrunner or a creator usually does is they do the first episode and then the season ender. Yep. You know, so they get in there on the on the key episodes, yep. almost like to keep the ship yep. upright and, yep. and in, in the right direction. So, because, yeah, with Invincible, I could, um, even though sometimes I do like the consistency in the artwork, why not have a different artist take yeah, over yeah. for an arc yeah. and then do all that? I mean, Spawn, I remember when it was all Todd McFarlane, yeah. over time he had to l- yeah. loosen the reins a bit. Yeah. And um, and why not have different series? So you have Invincible Prime, then the Incredible Invincible, the Spectacular Invincible, yeah. the Web of Invincible, yeah, you yeah. know. And um, and then you can do all the, all the shenanigans there. Yeah. I just think it had so much... In steam yep. up there that he that he could have not milk it but just keep it going. Yeah. But you know yeah. whatever. Mm. No, that's cool. Yeah, he did his thing and, and that's it. And and the new life is the uh, the cartoon. Yep. So there we go. Which I'm looking forward to. Absolutely, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling with TV series. Yeah. I I I'm, I I don't know what to do. Yeah. I've I've I went through my serial killer phase. Yep. Um, documentaries. I don't really, really want to get into. Rewatched um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Because the new season was coming out, so I thought, oh, "All right, I'll watch yep. the whole thing again." But then, by the time I was thinking, when did the new season start? Boom! I I, I went through it. Didn't even realize. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it, it's interesting because of the, again, this time of COVID, I've been noticing with movies they're getting released in cinemas for a week. Yep. Bang onto Netflix. Yeah. So I think over in the States, what they're doing is they're just releasing everything to HBO Max yeah. and and, um, and Netflix, whereas here in Australia, because we're not as bad yep. as they are, yep. we at least get in cinemas. Yeah. I think that is because of the Oscar rule, yeah. where you need a movie in a cinema for at least a week to be eligible for Oscars. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Give me, give me anybody out there, if you like <laughs> a TV series, let me know. I have started watching The Alienist. So I watched a couple okay, of okay. series, couple of episodes, a couple of years ago, yeah. and then I went back to Adelaide for a bit, and I just smashed through six episodes. And it's one of those things that I think you need to binge, because yeah. it's a detective story back in the Victorian era, right? And it looks amazing. Yeah. And an alienist is basically another word for a psychologist. Yeah. Okay. So when someone, oh, so it's not about aliens or anything. No, no, no. it's basically Jack the Ripper, you know, okay. but a psychologist teaming up with a policeman. But to he's an alien. Down. No. <laughs> the, an alien. Yeah. the detective's an alien but it's interesting because like an <laughs> alias is someone because like when you're 
uh, going through a psychotic episode. Yep. That's because you're I acting... Know all a- about that. <laughs> That's right. You're not acting yourself. You're acting uh, alien to yourself. Yeah. And so an alienist will get you back on track. Okay. So that's really good. And that's basically because I love Victorian crime. Right. That's me. How about yourself? Okay. Look, actually, I've got a TV series for you to watch. Cool. Six episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's only... Six? My dick's also standing up. Right? Good, um, good. It's, it's on Netflix. It's called Paranormal. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's an Egyptian yeah. TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Egyptian actors. If you're lazy like me, you can do English dub. Right. right. Does it or, work though? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It works well. Mm. Um, or if if you want to really immerse yourself in Egyptian culture and Egyptian language, that's yep. cool. You can subtitle it and listen awesome. to that awesome language. Um, it's four episodes. First episode opens up, and you've got this guy. He's just turned forty. Mm. Um, he's he's single. He's washed up. He's he believes only in science. Mm. Okay. Uh, the only thing that isn't science that he believes is that he gets bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But each episode is kind of a, he keeps getting drawn into these mysteries, which are supernatural mysteries. And, um, it's kind of a monster of the week thing, yep. but then there is an over, over, what do you call it? Overarching story about him and, um, some sort of dreams he's having and things. Okay. Um, some very interesting, like, cause one episode's about, um, digging up a mummy, mm. you know, it, it's very interesting. Some, uh, spooky, uh, Egyptian folklore and stuff that, that, that they've brought into it. And that awesome. Um, six episodes. I, I, I binged, binged it in two nights. Okay. Um, and really, really enjoyed it, but I, I do want to go back and watch it again to really, um, understand the you know the, the Egyptian culture and folklore and stuff. That's yeah. awesome. But um, look, Luke, check it out. Listeners, check it out. It's it's really good. Um, yeah, paranormal, paranormal. Awesome. That's what it's called, <clears throat> paranormal. So yep. And it's got an Egyptian guy. He's a bit balding. He's got glasses. He's got a mustache. That's basically the hero. Yeah, Hercule Poirot. Who basically Hercule Poirot sounds like, but not French. Well, no, he's German. But not German. Is he? No. Shit. Okay, no, anyway, Egyptian. Egyptian. Okay, okay, cool. Great show. Watch. Forgot to mention season two of Mandalorian. Yep. It. I just watched the second episode, or first episode of season two. Yep. It's just evolving. Okay. It looks amazing. It, it, for that first episode. Woo! Well, this one. Timothy Oliphant. Oh, that, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the first yeah, three. Yeah, It is so but good. Timothy Oliphant, oh, he was perfect for he's the role. just getting... Better looking. The older he gets. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was good looking in Scream 2. Yes. Right? When he was yeah. 20 something. Yeah. Now. Oh. Charming. Yeah. Charming bastard. Yeah. yeah. But um, it, 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 like, we spoke about this off mic. It's, you know, it's crazy to think this is the way they should have gone for the for the main m- series. Movies, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, a, a power vacuum, the lawlessness, a Western, you yeah. know, you had cinema's best cowboy in the original ones why don't you bring it back to that yeah you know just because you're a you know Luke Skywalker just because you're a Jedi does that mean you have to go off and create a school yeah or did what happened in the prequels teach you that that's not the way to go yeah now it's something new that's right you know like give the power to everyone or not use it at all, all that sort yeah. of stuff and it should have been lawlessness and and yeah. um nebulous as to which way to go yeah, yeah. following the old ways or something dude new. what I- <laughs> And again, I don't want to be a dead horse. Mm. Um, you know, even just 
you know, Star Wars being Luke Skywalker doing the um, like the old kung fu thing. Yeah. Just again, mm. Wild West. You know, uh, lawlessness. Just a guy, an uber powerful guy who's yeah, yeah. tried to turn his back on his religion, mm. going from town to town, littlest hobo style, and uh, basically what? Yeah, what we're getting in Mandalorian. That's you know? how the original ending of Return of the Jedi was. Luke just walks off. He takes one last look at their, his friend celebrating with the Ewoks, and he go and he dons a black hood and yeah. walks off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how many of the new episodes have you watched? Just the one. Okay, because two more, I think. Yeah, because they are forty-four minutes, yeah. and I like to. I don't. If I enjoy something, I don't want to be doing two things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to dedicate myself to it. Yeah. So I'm going to take my time with those well, ones. I've, I've been meaning to watch it each weekend when mm. it comes out, but it's not like until a couple of days later. I'm like, oh shit, we haven't watched it. Okay, yeah. kids, gather around. <laughs> this is what Star Wars should be. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. I think the fourth episode would have dropped tonight. Oh, right. But um, the two follow-up episodes, pretty damn good. Too. Cool, cool. The first one's definitely the best. All right. But it's good, good shit. I'm enjoying it. Again, yeah. it's an old school thing. It's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's episodic. Yep. It's a Western. Yep. I love it. And look, talking and about free-flowing storylines. Yeah. So. And anyone who knows me, I've always been about, and people are going to be like, yes, Tim, we already know. I've always been about the criminal underbelly of yep. Star Wars, you know, um, Mos Eisley Cantina, mm. that shit grabbed my attention. Jabba's Palace, mm. you know, the bounty hunters, you know what I mean, in, yeah. in Cloud City and that sort of stuff. That's the stuff I've always been interested in. That's the flavor. Yeah, That's I'm, the texture. I'm like, Jedis can go jump, mm. Rebels can go jump, Empire can go jump. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that when that's the, the, the world, that's the world they've created. But mm. to me... I wanted to know what Bosk was doing. You know what I mean? I wanted... Who's that? Oh, he was... He's the, the reptilian bounty hunter. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all those guys. Dengar. Dengar was my favourite because I had the action figure. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to know what Dengar was doing. But you know? see, wouldn't that be interesting? So they're the underbelly, right? But once you knock out the Empire in the original trilogy then isn't everybody on the same level? Yeah. Because you've got the underbelly, yep. but then you also got the rebels. So no one's as good as each other. Yeah. You're all now on the same playing field, yeah. guys. Yeah. And so you might have underbelly people rising up but, to become heroes. And, and again, or you to have, become and you new have, bad guys. And you have the rebels to ro- rising up trying mm-hmm. to build their new republic. Mm. Hey, let's, let's explore what it looks like when the rebels become the tyrants mm. of a... Yeah. You know the, the, yeah. the new republic. All let's, that. Let's explore that. The, the tough decisions, you know, Senator Leia Organa mm. has to make. Mm. You know the compromises we see in politics every day. Yep. You know what I mean. But let's, that's it. So it's always a struggle. So you can never really succeed. Yeah. You can never really go up. So it's like, you know, you can have a western going, but also a cold war going. Yeah. Like noticing, oh shit, she's making these decisions. We're gonna have to stop her. Yeah. You know, instead, instead they were just like. No, there's another Death Star. They yeah. just exploded all the Republic worlds. Yeah. I don't know how long it takes to build a Death Star, but how could you make a planet Death Star in secret? You know, it's just... It's Star Wars, it's just... Uh, it's and just... how can you shoot one laser that destroys all the planets? And then not mention it again. Anyway. Um, so Mandalorian, yes. Awesome. Fantastic. It's the way they should have gone. Paranormal. Check it out. I've yep. also <laughs> been working my way through season one of Gotham. Yes. Okay, so finally, <laughs> it's funny, guys, because when I started watching it, I had—I was like Luke. I've got—I got nothing else to watch. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I'm actually nearly—I'm nearly done, and this is why I'm nearly done 
writing the next issue of Grill of My Dreams. Right. Right. Yep. And so I'm trying to come up with ideas for the next issue after that. Right. Okay. And so I thought, okay, well, the closest thing on TV to Gorilla My Dreams is either Batman the Animated Series, you know, Gotham yeah. City type stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. So or I, I, Gotham. So, yeah, so I yeah. put Gotham on. Yeah. And look, it's at this stage, look, I've always been a sucker for the uh, freak of the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Supernatural, I loved it. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people, like you're saying, a lot of people prefer the long-form Game of Thrones three-season arc and this sort of mm. shit. A lot of people like that, and great. But to me, man, I think gr- growing up when we did in the... Just to reveal my age, in the 70s and 80s. <coughs> granted, I don't remember much of the 70s. I was only there for a couple of years, all right? Yeah. Um, you know, TV was made for your freak of the week. You know, because... If you missed an episode, you mm. couldn't stream them. If you missed an episode, you had to pick up on the next. But also, um, you know, distributors or or, or movie uh, channels or whatever uh, studios, it gave them freedom to chuck whatever episode they wanted. Yeah, you know, so they can do it out of order yeah. or whatever. I remember watching um, the Simpsons, Simpsons on a on a DVD set, noticing ep- whole episodes I hadn't seen yeah. growing up. I was like, what? And maybe they just weren't shown because the channel just when yeah uh, australian audiences won't like that one well or, you know? or even or even um you know this is quick cricket week yeah yeah <laughs> we got to drop something okay look, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get back <clears throat> to the simpsons or, that's right yeah. that's right um the uh the death of um serenity firefly yep. happened because they they showed it out of order and Joss Whedon was like, no, 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 this was done in an order or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they just revealed them just completely all over the yep, place. Yep. And that's why viewers went, mm, not for me. Mm. And that's that's what killed it. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, one-offs. Um, it's, I, I remember watching um, Knight Rider and also Magnum P.I. A-Team. All that. Mission Impossible. But yeah. I was always amazed, like, what, you guys aren't even mentioning what happened last week? Yeah. That was pretty significant. Oh. You blew a truck up. I was I was never like that. Oh, really? It's like, they blew a truck up this week. Now they've got to worry about a, a plane full <laughs> of snakes like, or something, you know? It's like they got this rule across the whole book. Don't mention Don't last mean, week. Don't mention you got it. your self-contained story. Right. Leave it at that. But, like, every day was just like, don't mention the war. Well, cause, right. because that's the thing is, though, if I missed last episode and then this episode, B.A. Baracus is missing an arm because of the truck explosion last yeah, episode, yeah. I'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that was the beauty of it. You had your freak of the week. You missed an episode because you your mum dragged you to church or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you could still pick up the next week. and Isn't know. funny too, because I remember watching all these TV series, and, and especially Quantum Leap, never watched the origin episode. Yeah. And even if there was the first episode, the pilot, it wouldn't be the start of that person. Yeah. They'd just be, Magnum P.I., I'm done. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, what do yeah. you do? Yeah. A-team, where'd you guys meet? Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't matter. What do you do? I kick ass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he takes um, names. So that's what I'm enjoying about Gotham. Yeah. The Freak of the Week type episode. Um, but what, I mean, ah, oh, the, the lead star from okay. uh, Jim Gordon. Yes. He's great, isn't he? He's great. It's basically the Jim Gordon and the Penguin show. Well, Jim Gordon, Penguin show, but uh, Jim Gordon's partner, Bullock. Bullock, yeah, he's, he's great. great. I so, love him. I've, I've loved him <clears throat> since he turned up in the first Blade movie. You know what I mean? So I've loved him <laughs> for a long hand. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I, and I dig him um, heaps, and so... And the look of it, yeah. the, the city looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, the so, murder of the Waynes looks yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Yep. I like all that. I can't stand Fish Moon. 
COVID yeah. high five. Yeah, mate. Um, we'll, we'll do a COVID chink as well because, yeah. I, I, I can't stand her. She's she's just doing her best Uma Thurman um, yeah. uh, poison ivy impression and I, I don't buy her for a second. It's a shame because what I love about Gotham is they started it with being the story of Jim Gordon, his progression, but then they find out, oh, he's got no progression. Yeah. He's got no arc. He's yep. just a good cop. He's a good and cop. because he's a good cop, he becomes a good commissioner. Yep. Or lieutenant commissioner, whatever. That's it. And so then they start throwing freak of the week stuff at you. But it's also a melting pot of all types of Batman. And so um, you get the 60s vibe. You get the Schumacher vibe. Yep. You get a lot of the Christopher Nolan stuff. What um, Fish Mooney's doing is a really bad, you're right, Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin. Yep. And it's almost like too much, yeah. you know. And we don't, you know, and, and Batman and Robin, Joel Schumer, that sort of overacting was done in the 70s. Well, that's fine, yep. because it was a comedy. It was for kids, yep. you know? But um, she's just pushing it. Yeah. And also, now that I know more about her private yeah. life with Will Smith, yep. I don't like her as a person. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that comes out on screen thinking, I, I just can't stand the whole package. Yep. But once she's out, my God, it kicks up a level. Does she, does she last this season? Yeah. So she's in Stick two seasons it. or something? Yeah. Yeah, look, yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm but a- the Riddler... And Penguin. Have you seen the Riddler and Penguin yet? Yeah, yeah. He's he's the coroner. He's the yeah. The Riddler is the guy at the oh, police station. It's so great. Um, and yeah, um, I I see it as the Penguin show. Yeah, it's the evolution of the Penguin from being a lackey, all his manipulation and backstabbing and all this sort of stuff, getting him to where he is the Penguin mm. that we know in the movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, I like. Even the the wacky comic book science, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, is still very grounded. Uh uh-uh. uh it gets wacky. Well, well, and, but this is what I like is like, okay, we need a weird Gotham City way that someone's killing people. Weather balloon. Yeah. He ties them to a weather balloon, sends them up. Yeah. The weather balloon plops and they they fall down. Like even, and it's violent. There's yeah. blood splatters yeah. and yeah. Uh, all stuff like that. But then again, when Fish Mooney gouges her own eye out. Oh, you've seen that. That's where I'm up to. Uh, and then they give her another eye that's blue. Mm. And it's like, that's not science. <laughs> Everything up to this point has been about kidnapping. Yeah. You know, there's been nothing really wacky comic book. There's right. been murders. There's been electroshock therapy. That's wacky. That's legit. People, well, did, people yeah. did that for ages, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but then, so, so far, that she's knocked her eye out. Mm. The guy just gave her another one, and she's all good. Um, she, she doesn't last too long after that. Yeah, okay, good. Because yeah. I, I, I really feel like she's getting in the way, and they thought they had a winner, mm. and they were giving her a lot of time. I thought when... Because, you know, she's with the hobo. She's not in Gotham right now. Right. Uh, she, remember, she was underneath in the yep. cage with yep. all those people, and they were being used for body parts. I thought when she was kicked out of Gotham City, and Donald Logue, uh, Harvey... Mm. Bullock yep. said to her, "Don't come back. Just go. Don't come back." I was hoping that was it. No, you know. But anyway, look. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm three quarters away through the first season. I'm enjoying it at this point. Yeah, you know. Um, and like I said, Fish Mooney is the only thing that I'm not enjoying about it. Um, so I, I'm yeah. looking forward to her going and oh, seeing what happens. It, it, once she's gone, it, it, it's, it kicks up a gear. I love Alfred. You yep. know, he's, oh, he's, he's so great. He, he they casted so well. Yeah. You yeah. know, and they stick with little Bruce all the way through. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. Okay, well that's cool. No, um, I'm so glad you're getting into it. Yeah. And um, what else I've been watching is I bought Star Girl mm. on uh, Blu-ray. 
because I thought this would be something good for me and the kiddies to sit down and yep. watch together while we're having dinner. Yep. You know, um, I think I messaged you when I was thinking about buying it, and I'm like, Wildcat, Our Man, mm. they're teenage girls, they're kids. What's what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, and you, you, you and some other people were like, just give it a go. Yeah. Give it a go. So I'm still a bit, you know, I, okay, and I do understand, you know, the DC's really good with their legacy heroes, with their next generation heroes, and the point of Stargirl is that she's a next generation hero. Yep. I'm up to where Yolanda has become Wildcat. Yep, yep. Okay. My experience with Wildcat is the guy that trained Batman to box. Oh, really? Right? So he's, 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 he's a World War II, World War Two era justice society. Oh, right. right? And he... My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but he, he had the cat costume on, mm. but his hands, he didn't have gloves on, he had bandages yeah, on. Yeah, like a boxer. Because he would punch the shit out of people, and yep. you know, he'd always have blood on his knuckles and stuff. So they give this girl the helmet, mm. her, her costume becomes form-fitting and quite cute, and she's got claws, mm. you know? And I was just like, but that's... What what you're giving me is you're not giving me Wildcat. You're no, giving me <clears throat> a new Black character. Panther. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I did a bit of research. All right, and Yolanda, like that with claws, is actually the second generation Wildcat. There we go. So look, you know, and um, also Stargirl has her own comic as well. Before yeah. all this, well, yeah, yeah, and she's like the third generation star yes, that's right. person. So yeah. look, and, and I knew fourth. That. And I knew that, yeah. so I wasn't too fussed about that. But then I was just like, all these other JSA characters that they're making into teenage girls, I'm not sure if I'm into this. Mm. But after my research into Yolanda, the, the second generation Wildcat, I was like, yeah, okay. I don't know if our man ever had a next generation. Yeah. You know, and there's, who's the other one? Um, Dr. Midnight. See, I'm okay with all that because I didn't grow up with the Justice Society. Yeah. Like, we grew up with the Justice League. Yeah. And the one character that I want to learn more of is Dr. Fate from Justice Society. Right. Because he just looks so cool. But then when I did, his backstory seems so convoluted and rubbish because he should have been the ripoff of Doctor Strange, yeah. you know? But they just they just went too nuts with it. Um, but it's not too much of a sacred cow because yeah. I love the yeah. Star Man comic book in the late 90s where it was a dude in a leather jacket with, with a goggles. Staff. And goggles. Yeah, and goggles. Yep, yep. And that looked um, steampunk, yeah. you know? And so it was enough that he had the staff, and that was it. And so having a star girl, I can't begrudge anyone who wants a star girl. Yeah. But then also to have her friends be the new um, legacy heroes, it makes sense. Yeah. Because she's a teenage girl in high school, and her friends are going to be girls. Okay, and I'm going to stop right there and just remind everyone, I'm not, I'm not <clears> one <throat> of these guys who was upset about a female Wolverine yeah, yeah. or a black Captain America. I was all over that shit. The, the Latino Ghost Rider, yes, please, give me more of that. You know what I mean? So I was all over that shit. And all I'm saying is that... And, and, and the only sacred cow to me in the Justice Society is Wildcat. I've always just mm. loved Wildcat. Mm. Um, and so it's just, yeah. I, I, at the time, I thought, oh, okay, they're, they're trying to get the younger audience. But learning that it's actually sort of comic book... Yeah, grounded. Legit, I'm like, okay, yeah. look, let, let's give this a go. But the problem is, I'll put the show on. Okay, everyone, gather around. Let's, <laughs> let's watch this while we eat dinner. I thought my girls would be interested. Mm. No. Why? I don't know. My my, my 13-year-old, yeah. um, she's just like, God, she's such a cow. 
Really? Because, you know, she's always complaining about the stepdad and the fucking... Well, the first few episodes before she actually became Stargirl. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, you know, they've moved to a new town. Imagine if you moved away from all your... Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, yeah, I get it, but she's a cow. Jesus. But then we sit down and we start eating and watching the show and then next thing they're finished and they're gone and I'm just watching the episode by myself. God damn it. Um, but That's look, I, I'm enjoying it for what it is. Um, what's his name? Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. I nearly said Owen Wilson. Yeah. He's really good as Stripey, Stripesy or whatever his name is. Because I thought they were going to do a thing where they have a Hollywood movie star in the first episode kill him off or have him kidnapped so the whole season will be trying to get him back. No, he's no. there every single yeah. episode. Yeah. Amy Smart. Amy Smart. Gorgeous. Actually... My daughter, who was like, oh, I don't even like any of these kids. Oh. She says, what, what are their, na- their character names? Amy Smart. Oh, and God, Wilson. I don't know. Because she says, I just like George and Jenny or whatever. And I was like, oh, right. I was like who the hell are they? She goes, the mum and dad. <laughs> They're the only ones I like in this show. I said, Flip, yeah, all right. Um, Is that funny? Because like, I just assumed, like with Peter Parker, when you're a teenager, you go, yep, I get you. Yeah. Because like, we've yeah. got all these run-of-mill everyday problems. I thought, um, you know, simply, that a young girl would empathise with a young girl. Yeah. There we go. Same here, but um, alas. Alas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been my entertainment consumption for the last few weeks. So that's one whole season? I'm only th- probably halfway through the oh, season. Oh, no, but you bought one yeah, season. Yeah, the box set of the okay, season. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard through the grapevine it doesn't cross over with all the other CWs. Okay, so <clears throat> that that makes me want to watch it because it's those crossover yeah. episodes that really just that's why I stopped watching the other CW shows. I um I got sick of the other CW shows because the Flash was crying all the time, Supergirl just got a little bit soap opera, and they're all soap opera. They are, yeah, they are. You got to remember they're CW shows. Yeah. Yeah, they look great, but after a while, again, they just get a little bit muddy down with their own rubbish. Look, and, and I've got to be honest, man, I I was enjoying Flash mm. and, and Green Arrow. Like, yeah, up until, like, the third massive crossover. Right. You know, and I was enjoying them. And, and, did, and is that I because you lost track? Yeah. It, to watch, I, I try my best to watch things legally. Mm. Okay. So when you've got Flash on Stan... You've got Arrow mm. on Netflix. You've got the Adventures of um, you know, the Warriors of Tomorrow or whatever it's called mm. on uh, free-to-air TV, which means it's two seasons behind. Mm. Then you've got a source off iTunes, Supergirl. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I just want to watch Green Arrow, for example. Yeah. Then you get to a bit where it's like, oh, fuck, okay, now he's with Supergirl. So which episode was that? And then I've got to go. And then, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, you're just talking about comics. That's what we had to put up with well, back yeah, in the day of yeah. comic books. But, like, but again, but again, yeah, and you're right. Yeah. But then I stopped buying into massive crossovers as well. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Because of exactly that. Yeah. I've got a run of Captain America where I tried the 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 Cree, the Cree Shia War. Oh yeah. Where it was a crossover: Captain America, Avengers, Avengers West Coast, Quasar, Thor, um, Wonder Man. Um, you know, this massive Iron Man. Mm. And I just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? I tried my best to keep up with this whole story. I couldn't do it. And yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah. I tried that a few times for some crossovers. And then I was just like, all right, I just got to stick to my core book. And I think for those three months, just sort of enjoy yeah. it for what it is. And I think I think that's why I'm really enjoying going through these old comic books at the moment. Because they, they've reinvigorated me to look back at those storylines where, uh, yeah, back in the day, I went, fuck it. 
because yeah. you're now at the at the last page. If you want to follow this story, you now have to pick up this other book that you don't know. And you think, oh, and that's how they do it, obviously. Have I ever talked about my love affair with Grant Morrison's Batman, R.I.P.? No. That's when I was collecting Batman floppies. Right? Yeah, right. Um, Grant Morrison's... And it's, it's the whole two-year story arc is Batman, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. It's the de- They're promising it's the death of Batman. So I follow these books and... Grant Morrison, he's a great writer, but he breaks, legend. He breaks your brain with some of his concepts and stuff. Yeah. He's, he's smart. He's fucking. He's a, literally a wizard or sorcerer or something. But so I'm following these Batman comics for like two years. There's one issue in there that was completely prose. It wasn't even a comic book. It was like a, you know, and then you get to the final issue of his run, mm. and the you know helicopter explodes and Bruce Wayne's in the helicopter. Oh no! Like, Bruce Lane's this, Batman. This is it. You yeah. know we've gotten, and then it says to see Batman's real death. Check out Final Crisis number five. Uh, and that with me, that was it for Batman. I was like, I can imagine you just silently closing that book and just lighting a cigar. Yeah, just, pretty much, man. Like yeah. that, that was the thing. I closed it. I put it down with the other ones, mm-hmm. and I just vowed on that spot. I'm never buying into. Yep an event again well that's why I've well for a good decade I've only read graphic novels yeah. and so I know when they're finished I can love the story yep. that's why I was checking the ending yep. of that comic book yeah. in that store that one time <laughs> old wounds there we go um, because of this sort of bullshit and you yeah. can imagine Grant Morrison that was his end and then the publisher came along and went hey if you want yeah well I, I reckon Grant Morrison had a great spectacular yeah. ending um, you know but then they're like well we need him to die over here. So look, just wrap it up, wrap it up, bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm paying your check. Wrap it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Disappointing. So yeah. All right. Well, there's some construction going on outside. This will be a great time to stop and hear from our sponsors, and then we'll be back to uh, we'll be back to look at what are we looking at? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles micro series Donatello. All right, guys. See you in a sec. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Hi, this is Kurt Zauer, writer and creator of Spectrus and Sabanian, now live on Kickstarter. Do you like horror, magic, and the supernatural? Check out this unique story with an ancient Egyptian ghost protagonist and her demon, Nemesis. Spectrus and Sabanian has the horror of Hellraiser with the run-and-gun action of aliens. Check it out on Kickstarter today. When stories come to life and threaten to fracture reality beyond repair, only an English professor and a research librarian have the knowledge and smarts to save us all. Join artist Pablo Martinena, letterer and designer Brent Fowler, editor Hassan Otsman Elhow, and writer Will Allred on Crossover Division number one, now on Kickstarter. Become an agent by going to crossoverdivision.com slash KS. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, so, how good did those ads sound, Luke? They were really, really good. You reckon you might get on board or what? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you an ad. Which, which, which one of the, which one of the two ads do you think sounds be- sounded better? I, I like the, the second one. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It sounds more like your kind of thing. I think. Right. I think it was called the crossover agents or something. Brilliant. 
Fantastic. Excellent. Both of them, though. Get on to Kickstarter. The links are in the show notes. Get on and support these two guys. Um, these two guys, independent comic books. That's what we're all about. That's what Ninja Turtles started off as. Mm-hmm. Back these guys. Um, they look like great books. And although I did catch Luke unawares right now, he hasn't heard the ads. I have heard the ads. <laughs> um, and although I can't remember the exact names off the top of my head, one of them was called The Sorceress and Spectrum or something. Oh, that sounds good. And the other one is Crossover Agents or something. Um, I'm so sorry, guys. You, you know, I know. I've been looking at your Kickstarters. Um, but... Uh, yeah, no, check them out, guys, because they sound really good. The um, the the first one again. I'm sorry, it's <laughs> Spectrum and something Sorceress and something. It, it seems very sort of Hellboy. It's a crime, you know, agents with guns and stuff. But then nice. there's, a, there's a Sorceress as well who work. Yeah, you know, so that's very sort of if you like Hellboy, that one. The crossover agents, the gr- crossover agency or whatever. God, I'm so sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> that one actually looks really good because it's. All these um, fictitious characters from different genres are coming alive, and then you've got these. Um, oh, right, and that's what the crossover, the crossover is all department about. or whatever. Oh, okay, it's so um, you've got like uh, um, uh, royalty-free open property. Sort well, of stuff, well uh, um, public domain characters. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's created all these characters, but okay. like you know, so they're his own things, but sort of representing different genres and stuff. That's cool. These guys have probably listened. They've listened to their ads and thought, geez, that sounds good. And then we started talking. So sorry, guys. But listen, (laughs) check out these Kickstarters. They do look great. I've checked them out myself. Currently running my own Kickstarter. So... And it's important to support independent comic books because that's the only way we get something new. And But but especially with the um, convention scene around the world having shut down, um, a lot of us are really feeling a pinch in our pocket, you know, who were out... Like okay, for me, it's pretty much weighs up to a to a to a hobby where it's a bit of extra money. Mm. To some of these creators, guys, it's it's what they do. You know what I mean? So they're and you know DC, even DC Comics is laying people off. So independent comics is where it's at. This is where you need to really support independent creators. And as I was talking to Luke before, um, we even started recording off camera, off mic, where we were saying, where I was saying, you know, Kickstarter is where you get the new, fresh, original ideas. Yeah. yeah. Look, if you love your Batman, fantastic. Get your Batman. But if you're looking for something fresh and unique, Kickstarter is where it's at, guys. And um, and yeah. also to be be on the stars of something successful. Exactly. The next Batman. I I I backed the first two issues of a comic book called Blood Force Trauma. Oh shit! Right. Um, very sort of psychedelic um, 80s video game kung fu type stuff really yep. I backed the first two on Kickstarter um, the company that Albatross ex- exploding funny books um, Jesus they do the goon cool yeah they picked the, they picked the book up nice so now they've got a home there so yeah it, it does feel great getting on and getting someone's career started mm. but also even just independent guys like me you know, this is how you help us live our dream. Whether mm. it is full-time or whether we're still working full-time and we're busting our ass in our off hours, this is how you help us out too, you know. Yep. So um, it's yep. fantastic. Check these two Kickstarters out. As I said, there's um, links in the show notes, guys. Okay, let's get on to the topic of this comic book. Teenage Mutant <clears throat> Ninja Turtles Donatello Micro Series. Or did I get that backwards? Oh, Sure. Well, it says Donatello, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Um, my copy has an IDW stamp, which is an OG. It's um, so this is a re-release oh, from really? IDW. Okay, one shots. Okay, 
but this is a also a colour classics. Okay, right. So you got the colour classics one. What's yours? I've got um, a black and white edition that has yeah. been released in a the last few weeks. We've been working through this giant trade. Mm. Okay, and the next few weeks we're going to finish up with this trade before we move on. Mm. Okay, so this is black and white. It's basically just the reprint of black and whites. Okay, that cool. I've got. So yeah, micro series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've got the color classics, right? And there's Donatello. So we've done Wrath. Yep. We've done a Michelangelo over Christmas. Yep. This is Donatello. Yep. We've obviously got Leo. Leo's next. got to come down the road. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's talk about this cover, Luke. Yeah. Now, I was looking at this cover, and I remember when I was first first read it. Mm-hmm. You've got Donatello standing over the pencil. A drawing of him on the thing. Yep. I thought, the very first time I saw this cover, I thought we were looking at Honey, I Shrank the Turtle. Yeah, right. I, I definitely can see that. Yeah. Actually, that's true. Because, actually, in the spoilers for this seri- um, comic book, he never gets that small. Well, he doesn't change size at all. No. No. So, I guess this is really showing the power of the pencil here. Yeah. And so, what it's all about. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so this was cool. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't recognize. Again, we'll get into it. Spoilers: the magic stone tied to the pencil. Mm-hmm. I never, never even noticed that. So, um, so there yeah. you go. Uh, just off the bat, I love that little piece of tech he's got in his arm. Yeah, we were talking before about how functional these guys design their tech, like with the little uh, robots that came out of the wall and the yep. GCERI building and all yeah. that sort of type of thing and this looks so ergonomic yeah you know like it it i don't know if it looks like a gun or if it looks like a big boxing glove but it looks like a snug fit yeah and it looks powerful yeah. and it looks great it's a bit curvy yeah looks sexy yeah yeah so they they've got a good design skills yep. you know they think about how these things would fit a turtle's arm yeah. you know two fingers and a thumb yeah definitely, definitely. yeah great um let, let's just stop right here mm-hmm. um i just all i want to say is that we understand that the last Ronin has started. Yep. We are going to get to that soon, but we don't want to review them immediately to give people a chance to, to read them and uh, you know enjoy them so we're not spoiling it for people. So yep. as each issue comes out, we're probably going to do them, I don't even know, a couple of months after each issue drops. Sort Why of don't thing. we just wait till the very end so we can just crush it? Crush it six weeks in a row, yeah. Oh, six. six. I think it's five episodes. Yeah, right. Okay. Let's wait till the end. We can definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So when the last issue drops, we'll cover the first issue. Yep. And then those next five weeks, because that gives the people four weeks. You know, (laughs) I sound like fucking um, Joe, what's that, the the bald actor from The Matrix, Joe Pantillino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on, um, Bad Boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the basketball court, it says... You be you, and, and you be Mike, and Mike, you be Mike, but not when you're Mike. And I'll... That's what I just sounded like, trying to figure oh. the maps out of this. Can, I, anyway, just, when, can I just say, his line in Bad Boys 2, where, you know, all hell's broken loose, they've, they've, they've had the car chase scene, they've ended up, and they've shot all these people, and then he comes along, he goes, God damn it! Because you see when you guys do this, I have to come out with all these... See those detectives? Detecting shit! <laughs> <laughs> he's just so ready to pop. He is. He's I love detectives detecting detective shit. shit. Yeah, man. Love he's so it. Good. He's so good. Uh, um, 
So yeah, we're we're not ignoring Last Ronin. No, we will get to it. We just want people to have a chance to read them before we spoil them. Yep. Yep. Cool. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. Donatello micro series, Teenage Mutant Ninja <clears throat> Turtles, Donatello mini series. Back on to the front page. Yes, front it, cover. It gives a really cool, again, independent feel where all you need is literally a pencil and a pad. Yeah. You know, and this is the sort of stuff you can create. And, um, you know, we can see, um, obviously, a turtle springs to life from yep. from this really cool drawing and then having a battle with something off page. Mm. But that's it. You know, it's like a it's like a great movie starts on the page. Yep. Same with a, a comic book. Like, a comic book is contained on the page. Yep. And as long as you've got an, a, an imagination, a um, couple of, you know, a couple of hours with skill under there, you can do anything. Yeah. You know? And that's why I love it. It all comes down to the pencil and paper. <laughs> I was actually talking to uh, Mel, my mate, who's working on one of my art, one of my future stories. And um, I saw a comic strip where it's it's at a convention. Yeah. And there's the writer and the artist there. and. Oh. Someone asks the writer a question. He goes, the beauty of comic books is that, you know, we're not restrained by budget. I can say we need, you know, we're having an intergalactic battle and we need a thousand spaceships. And then the artist... And costs the same. Yes. And then the artist snaps and stabs him with his pencil or something. So true. Great stuff. (laughs) So true. Okay, so what have we got? So, yeah, so then we, like I said, I've got an IDW yep. Nickelodeon copy. Reprint, yep. Yeah. Okay, so we're straight into the story mm-hmm. with one of the turtles straight out of the shower, getting a little bit out of the sky. It's a weird, weird splash page to have, isn't it? A yeah. full on colour, yeah, drawing of a turtle coming out of a, out of a shower. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, at this point, we don't necessarily know which one it is, but. We know it's not Donatello because he's yelling at Donatello. Raphael. There we go. Well, yeah, but that was my point, though, is that one of them's yelling. Yeah. And we don't really know who it is because he hasn't got a headband on or a weapon in his hand. Isn't that funny? Because, like, in the... I think it was in the uh, the Michelangelo one, it was Raphael getting screwed with the cold shower again. Wasn't it? Was it the shower? Yeah, previous episode. He was struggling with the cold... Cold water. I can't even remember. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so Mike, um, Raph comes out of the shower, he's bitching and moaning about the cold water. At first, April sticks up for him, maybe if he asks Don nicely, but then the very next panel is like, he may be rude, but he does have a point, fix my goddamn hot water. <laughs> oh, where? Yeah, go back up. The very next panel. Maybe if you ask Don nicely, Raphael, geez, what for, blah, 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 and then April says, he may be rude, Don, but he does have a point, if you can fix that piece of junk... I won't, I won't have to re- call a repairman. So it's not about only you can fix it. It's like, save me a few bucks and just do it. Yeah, and she shifts at Front Street. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, already, we've got uh, mention of Kirby. Yeah. So yep. who who is Kirby? Okay, well, I was wondering. Because, okay, there was talk mm. about them creating a fifth turtle. No, no, who's Jack Kirby? Well, okay, but we're going to get to that. Okay, cool. But a fifth turtle, you There say? was talk, mm. right? that there was going to be a fifth turtle and they were going to call it Kirby. Mm. I don't even remember where I read that. I remember seeing designs for him. Yeah. And I think it might have been for one of the movies or one of the TV series. Yeah, maybe the original cartoon, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, but Kirby is obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously, but any any comic book nerd worth their salt knows that Jack Kirby, um, great 
artist from back in the day. He worked a lot with Stan Lee. Mm. Worked a lot on you know, on his own as well. Um, very unique style of art that um, a lot of uh, comic book nerds and artists hold up as the pinnacle, if that's the right word, yeah. of art. You know, so he he specialized sort of on the galactic look of things. Um, yeah, yeah. He I, look and again, happy to be corrected, guys. I believe he started on Thor. Right, right. You know, so, so the yeah, Rainbow the, Bridge, the Rainbow the... Bridge, Asgard, and all yeah. this sort of stuff. So yeah, more <clears throat> the cosmic stuff, and that's the stuff he's known for. Mm. Um, yeah, because also with the surfer, with and... the Doctor Strange stuff, yeah, with the surreal stuff. Like I remember, because again, I'm not all up on Jack Kirby, but I love Doctor Strange the movie, yep. and then the visuals in the movie, I saw like a comparison to the designs in the comic book, and boom, they were there. Let me take a tangent. I saw a microscope image of coronavirus, oh. and it looks just like a friggin' Kirby alternate universe. Yeah. With lines and balls of color, and yeah. I was like, oh man, coronavirus is a friggin', you know, microscopic Marvel universe. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. Who knew? So yes, Jack Kirby, very popular. He's the creator of the Kirby Crackle, which is a, an artistic form of, uh, you know, showing off power yep coming out of fists and that sort of thing yeah so um it, it's common knowledge that both uh eastman and laird were big fans really admired kirby's work um which is funny isn't it because um i mean i mean we've seen the intergalactic stuff once they went off world with the damn robot honeycuts yeah. and also the dinosaurs yeah. but we don't i mean it's all daredevil ronan frank yeah. miller really yeah you know, so they they haven't had an opportunity to really get their Kirby crackle up. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, you know, just because you know, you, you have many different influences in your work, you know mm. what I mean? So it's just depending on what you're leaning on at the time. You mm. know what I mean? I'm sure if instead of Ninja Turtles, if they invented Space Cats or something. Oh, no, I mean, like, you know, get them off world again. Yeah. Do some, I don't know, some stuff. Anyway. Okay, so Donatello is like, all right. Nag, 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 you two. Raphael and April. I'll go down and see what I can do about this hot water system. And she says, yeah, but look out for Kirby. I'm renting the front room out to him. Which is a stupid move because you're living with four turtles. Yeah. So, And if you had a front room, why don't you give it to one of the turtles? Well, the thing is, Luke, she doesn't want to spend any money. True. <laughs> it's true. So she's renting rooms out regardless of how dangerous it is, yeah. it is that they run into a ninja turtle. It's yeah, it's basically like you're having you're growing plants or something and you go, Oh bugger, I've got a I've got a spare room at the front. Yeah. I'll, I'll rent it to this cop. Um and so Donatello's like, No problem, don't worry. I got it covered. Kirby won't see me and he puts his mask on. Do you reckon the way he does this line though? He's in and out all the time and if he saw you Go get covered there, April. Remember, we've had almost 16 years to practice. This sounds like such a fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Ninja yeah. Turtles. Just let me fix your thing. And don't worry, I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing my stick. So if I see him, I'm going to beat him to death. Yeah. <laughs> and he won't recognize me because I'm wearing a red mask. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he goes downstairs to fix the thing. And then he's like, what the heck is that noise? It sounds like... And then we get this beautiful double page spread that's cool of a crazy space bat monster so is that like a kirby design it's these these monster this monster yeah 
is a very good Kirby ripoff. Cheers, sir. Cheers, cheers. Well done, lads. Um, yeah, I, I remember the first time that I opened it and saw it, I was like, you know, that's that's when it dropped what this story was yeah. about. I was like, that is such a good Kirby impression, impersonation, homage. homage. You know, it's, it's like, okay, for example, let's look at, see the wings, mm. how they sort of come off with those sort of square points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that That's definitely a Kirby thing. You, you see some of Kirby's old Inhumans and Black Bolt and he has those under his arms and things like that. And, um, and, and I remember very stocky, bulky figures. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Really enlarged heads mm. with beady eyes and big mouth. Yeah, it's this thing. If If I didn't know any better... I would say it was a Kirby drawing. Yeah. You know, but um, it's beautiful. I love it. I love this whole double page spread. Yeah. It's freaking gorgeous. How's it looking black and white? Okay, the black and white one's actually pretty dumb. Uh, <laughs> because it's got, a, it's got a white line down the middle where the page is. Oh, that's a shame, isn't you it? Know? But um, it still looks pretty cool. The yeah. shading on that looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But color or black and white, <clears throat> I think they both look really good. I really love them. Mm. Um, and then the bat creature squawks as it disappears, as, as it runs into a dead end, and as Donnie chases it, it's gone. Where could it have gone to? And Don Tiller's like, what? What? <laughs> Say what? He goes, I'm going to beat this monster. And he's like, what? There's no monster to beat? <laughs> so, he... light coming from the front office, burglars? Oh, it must be coming. You were just told, Don. Yeah, but as he was coming down the stairs, he did actually say, oh, it's pretty quiet down here. Kirby must be out. Right. So. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. As opposed to just being like, as as opposed to just being, oh, he's quietly working in there. Or he's obviously back because the light's on. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this face. Yes. Looks a little bit um, intentional. Yep. So is this what Kirby looked like? Look, I've only ever known Kirby as the, as far as looking at him, Mm. as the older grey haired gentleman. He's definitely had that receding hairline like that. Yeah. So it, it, it is their version of drawing him. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I just love all the crap he's got around his office. Like he's obviously got toys in the background yeah. and stuff, but yeah, mugs filled with pencils, with and, pencils and screwdrivers. And stuff. And yeah. It looks just again, so independent. Mm. You can just do this at home if you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so he's there drawing another, Really good Kirby ripoff, <laughs> um, and Donatello's is Donatello is surprised to see the the Kirby monster fly off the page. With um, this color, this looks like the galactic um, and also surreal sort yep. of stuff. I can like Kirby's designs obviously were in black and white when they first came out. Well, he he was the like the penciler, I, I believe, and the inker a lot of the time. Yeah, well. but the color only came to comics. Like no, after? No. The colour was always there, but yeah, he was right. he was working in black and white. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the colourist <clears throat> would add the colour. Yeah. But I just remember, especially with the Doctor Strange stuff, like yeah. just colours of the rainbow yeah. all over the place. Well again, you know, you think about the inhumans, you know, with Black Bolt and Medusa and Crystal and Gorgon and all, all those characters, you know, mm. they're they're all you know, you got the green guy, you got the purple guy, you got the yellow girl, you got you know what I mean? So yeah, it was always the the whole bright galactic colour thing. Yeah, good work. Yeah. Um Gak he Gak. says. That's 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 classic ninja skills. When a fly <laughs> flies at you and you're being stealthy. Gak! Yep. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, can I just say, I love that drawing of Donatello with his little tiny but wide eyes. Yeah. You know, off to the side. I love it so much. Again, right? every time they draw their, their eyes circular, yeah. it just reminds me of Tank Girl. Yeah. 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 Um, so Kirby's been doing this with weird stuff for a while. Yep. So he just assumes Donatello is one of his drawings. Yes. Well, yeah. you, you would kind of... Well, he actually says, I don't remember drawing a green alien. He's probably so high on ink and paint. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah. Some wacky tobacco somewhere in there. Um, I mean, shit, he's living in a basement. Yeah, 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 exactly. Man. And so they basically, they're really friendly really quick. Yeah. He says, no, 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 I'm in, my name's Donatello. I'm Ninja Turtle. I'm not an alien. Well, and definitely not hostile, he says with a great He says with a stick, stick and a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm fascinated on how you did that. Oh, really? Here, have a try. This Jack Kirby's the greatest guy in the world. Yeah, it's the crystal in the in the stone that does it. Here, try it out. Yeah. Here, here's a mysterious, you know, thing. Magic Mephisto stone. Yeah, that I could be using for power and wealth and glory. Nah, I'm just using it to make my drawings come alive for an hour. Yeah, and and take it, take it away from me. Let me get find your clean page. Okay, so Donatello's like, look, you're a much better artist than me, but I'll give it a, give it a go. He draws this really crappy stick figure, yeah, right, which comes alive off the page and starts dancing crazy. <laughs> I love it, and the way that they blip out of existence reminds me of a Mister Mises from yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's as far as I got in um, what's that show? Uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. It was too that much. That was episode three, and I was just like, oh, that hurts my heart too much, that episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see why people like it, but just not for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, that page, actually, no, we'll get into it later. Oh, this one? Yep. Yeah? The, the stick figure. Yep. That, no, we'll get into it later. Okay, okay. we'll get into okay. it later. Um, okay, so, Kirby starts showing off all these other drawings. Yep. Right? Saying, you know, um, I not, don't even know how it works, but it works. And so this is what I do. But the one thing that didn't disappear in an hour flat is this crazy portal. This Stargate. Star, yeah. Um, now, in your copy, it's color. Yeah. And it's bright red and mm-hmm. it looks awesome. In my copy, it still looks awesome, but it, with the gray tones, it just doesn't stand out like that. No. It's not as... Otherworldly. Wow factor, mm. you know? So, um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I liked it when I was reading through my grey copy again, but um, that's actually really cool, the, 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 the red on there. Yeah, because it's counter to the frame, which is a metallic blue. Yeah. yeah. Because if you were going to go Stargate-wise and, and made it like a liquid ocean, then it would just be a little bit more of the same. Yeah. So the red really contrasts against it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he just says, this is the one thing I drew that di- didn't disappear. And so... As a, as a scientist would, just oh. sticks his head in it. <laughs> Jeez, this thing is wild. You've got quite an imagination. It looks like a weird kind of window or doorway, or might be acid. Yeah. You don't know. This is incredible. That's his head dissolving in the acid. <laughs> oh man, I so, can't believe Donatello is the one to do this because Kirby drew it and covered it up. Yeah. So he obviously drew it with an intention in his mind of what it could be. What, he just drew a gate and then thought, that's that? Well, yeah, some people like um, 
what do you call it? Just unconscious drawing. Oh, you know, okay. start drawing. Um, is that funny though? Like, yeah, just to kick this off to gear, bugger it, he just walks through. Yeah. Like nothing grabs him. Yeah. You know, yep, yep. something doesn't escape through it. Like that thing that was flying before, yeah. maybe that could fly through. Yeah. Maybe it could have picked Don up and taken him yeah. through. Or, 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 yeah, a hand doesn't come out or yeah. nothing. So this is, I don't know. Science, bitch. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so even this thing that's designed, right, this, this, this Stargate thing, um, okay, so looking at the last, last panel on this page, mm. see with the black and the squiggles and the ball on the side of the frame there? Yeah. That's yeah. even a real Kirby, that, oh, that's right. even a real Kirby shading technique. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? of course so, it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they, they really did, you know, everything about whatever Kirby has created in this comic is really, really, you know, a real good mock, a real good knockoff. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Because, like, throughout the lineage of the Turtles, like, in, in different media as well, comics, cartoons, movies, or whatever, they've, they've homaged so many different genres. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, a great big example was um, Big Trouble in Little China yeah. with the 3D CG Turtles. Yep. But they did it all the way back here, you know, yeah. and... Um, and maybe not that obvious, especially to young readers, yeah. because I didn't know who the hell Kirby was when I was reading this. Yeah. But a little bit more subtle. Yeah. But it was it was always in it. Yeah. Cerebus the other the yeah. other week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Donatello <clears throat> goes through the Stargate. Um, and again looks really quite happy with seeing the discovery. Yeah. Well I guess we've got to remember that yeah, yeah, okay, he's a scientist and he's smart, but he's still just a teenager. He's a teenager, but... That would be like us stepping through a time zone thing and going into a dinosaur world as teenagers. We would be like, this is fucking tits, man. But once we discover what's on the other side, it's all a little bit cruel, I think. So, cruel, cruel to who? Well... Okay, well, let's... let's we'll get yeah, to it. Okay. So, so he, he talks um, Kirby into coming through as well. Mm-hmm. All right? And they, they seem to be in this beautiful... Wow. Okay, now what you've got there... Mm-hmm is a complete splash page and I've got that's one panel for me really let's have a look okay can I go back to your to, to the previous page yeah yeah okay so we're looking at page oh god I don't even know sorry guys but as as Kirby goes through the panel goes through the Stargate mm-hmm. the last panel on your page is just the empty Stargate the last panel on my page is a, a, a fraction of the, your, I hope people can understand this, is a fraction of your next splash page. So what's, what's your next page? My next page is Kirby landing on Donnie. Oh, wow. So you've got a whole splash page. Yeah. And then the next page is Kirby landing on Donnie. That's interesting. Yeah. I bet they cut that back for the trade paperback um, page count. Maybe, because you've got a fraction of this. Yeah. It's not like they added to this. No. I think they cut from you. Yeah, they cut from this. And it looks like it's smaller and everything. Yeah. For you. Oh. Yep. That's irritating. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> now you're going to have to... <laughs> everyone's going to have to track down the black and white copy and the color copy to... Yeah. But anyway. Oh, uh, I think it's a good splash page. It's, it's fantastic. That's why I was going to say that. It's amazing. I didn't remember seeing it, but... Because uh, it looks like a high-tech Roman... Spartan yeah. type of environment. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. 
One day I'll make videos to these podcasts. <laughs> but for now, sorry guys, whatever copy you've got, you've got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kirby lands on Donnie and they chase a monster. Mm-hmm. They chase another very Kirby-esque um, Annihilation. What, what's the character's name? Annihilus. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Annihilus, which is another one of the Fantastic Four cosmic bad guys. But see what I mean? Like, this guy, this this monster could have been the white rabbit that made them go through the portal. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know? As opposed to just finding him here. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember doodling that one. Could these be where all the things went when they vanished? Yeah. And they turn and out? They, they sure are. Yeah. All your creations are murdering the indigenous life. <laughs> yep, and it looks like they're ganging up on the human types. So this character here in the bottom left-hand page, yep. to me, that's very Kirby. Yeah. All, look, all, like, all of this is. All those monsters. But to this, this but, really, yeah. really stands out to they, me. Even with the colour on that, even, even in the black and white, they mm. had the Kirby crackle around his mouth. Yep, yeah, that's probably it. And it is very Kirby-esque, for lack of a... But it's funny, because like um, Kevin Eastman, he draws his human characters to be very blocky as well. And so that's probably why... Well, I mean, Kirby was a major inspiration for both of them, so that's probably where he got that from too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But look at this. Wow, Kirby, look at all the weirdies. Are they all your creations? Yes, they are. And look... They're ganging up on the human types. Nowhere in the story do I feel there's a sense of regret or a sense of responsibility to what he's done. He's basically he's basically a father to these bastard children who are now trying to kill each other in a different planet. And he's just he's just so irresponsible. Like, ah, yeah, look at that. They're all trying to kill the human characters. Well, is it or the next page he's like, oh no, even the <laughs> Even the next page he's just like, Oh, they've seen us. Yeah. <laughs> No, none of this, you know, I I created you, yeah. I'm your... We need to do something about this. Yeah, I am your, your creator. Yeah. Yeah, no regret. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> this is what happens. No, no moral lesson as to misusing yeah. magical artifacts. Mm. It's like Jurassic Park. It's like, dude, you should never have done this. Yeah. Anyway. Yep, yep. Um, so Donnie's like, stay behind me. And he starts beating shit out of all the... Kirby's bastard children. Mm-hmm. Um, we need your help, Kirby. There are too many of them. And this is where we get the cover image. Kirby's like, I've got an idea. And he draws a picture of Donnie with this fist thing. Could I be a real wanker now? <laughs> right? Yes, you can. So, and this is a bit like what I spoke about on this week at the www.themovieclub.net. Yep. Where it's very important, especially in horror movies, to get the mechanics right. Yep. And to know how things work in that world. Yep. So in a monster movie, like, you need to know Freddy Krueger's MO and, and, and what, you know, the rules are for his existence. Because then at the end, you can beat him. I call it uh, getting your world's magic right. There you go. What's wrong here? It, uh, yeah, yeah, I can tell you what's wrong here. Yeah. Um, what he draws mm-hmm. comes alive. Right. Right? So if he's drawing monsters, mm-hmm. they come out the page and go and attack humans in another world. Yep. If he's drawing a Donatello with a metal fist, there should be a second Donatello with a metal fist. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. And there's not. There's just uh, Donatello who gets this thing on his fist. Yep. Um, 
there were so many movies in the 80s where it, it was always centered around just a piece of tech. Yeah. Like, I remember this one movie where, and it was on the front cover, this guy has just got this thing on his arm, and it's like, oh, that looks like a blaster, that looks amazing. Then the whole movie is about this dude who finds this thing in the desert. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And Krull, do you remember Krull? I, I, I can remember the cover. I remember the, the creature's face on the yep. cover. And the frisbee I, thing? But I can't. I don't, That's I all don't, it is. Yeah. A guy with a frisbee thing then kills the monster with it. That's it. And so that's what I love about this. Like, yep. it's so 80s. Yeah. Yeah. But again, looks cool. Yeah, looks great. And um, yeah, again, very Kirby because it's very blocky. Great big chunky yep. buttons and lights on it. Yep. Yeah. No, it's great. And uh, I call it the... Gr- Gravitic gravitic equalizer. It cancels the gravity equation. Like what? Seeing seeing from this angle as well, it looks like um Batman's um weapon in uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Do you remember his um? It knocks out an EMP, so it yeah, just kills. Yep. All, that's yep. that's basically how it looks. Yeah. Yep. And I will say the Kirby Crackle. Oh yeah, looks much better in color than black and white. Oh really? Yeah, that doesn't look too... Yeah. They should have kept it to just black. Mm. They tried to do two tones. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Here's another thing. Not, not, a, not a critique. I'm, yeah, yeah, just an observation. Here's another thing. So he knows how this thing works because he came up with it. So he made that tech. He made the Stargate. He had no idea what it was for. You know? Yeah, but look, you know, I've I've often just doodled on paper and okay, you know what I mean. I think sometimes you draw with intent, sometimes you just draw. Cool. Okay. So this is an emergency situ- situation, and um, he had and to come up with the magic behind the drawing. Okay, there we go. But I love this. I love how you can get your your death laser in, and it doesn't actually kill you. Yeah, anyone. it just floats so them off to space where they die. And I, I was going to say, like with um, in Gotham. They go up into space until it stops, and then they come down. And they splat dead. How good's Gotham? Great work. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. But more and more Kirby critters, and Don blasts as many as he can, and it somehow dies. Yeah, it fizzles out, and so he starts using it as a club. Yeah, starts murdering these people. Yeah. We need some more high tech backup, man. And then this this is another thing where you're saying um, the magic isn't quite right. You're drawing, drawing, drawing. Add a size reference for scale. Finish it up with a few details. You know, add, add, adding a size reference. Oh, you know what I mean? The size reference should uh, should appear appear as well. Yeah. But Luke, I'm having such a darn fun time going through these comics to this point. I don't care. It is fun. Yeah. And, I mean, this is the whole point of drawing. You know, and like you said, you yeah. sit down and you come up with some crazy stuff. Yeah. Because I've still got... I've kept so many of my pages yeah. just with little doodles. Little did I know, um, you know, the world will change and, um, you know, graphic design and you could take one of these little things and make them into a logo. Yep. All that sort of stuff. Like, nothing that you doodle down is a waste. Yeah. It's, um, it can all come back... And to, to for use, yeah. Everything, just about everything I drew ended up being given to a girl I was trying to impress. Oh, I did that one time. Yeah, I sent her all these drawings. She cheated on me. I asked them back. Yeah, she gone back. Nice. <laughs> I'm that petty. <laughs> she okay. was a bitch. So, 
Jack Kirby's created this giant robot that's designed to pick up the monsters and throw them into what looks like a mouth, but I'm sure it is a humane storage facility. Yes. He's not eating them. He's storing them. That's He's right. storing his children. Oh, until it got full. <laughs> it got full and there's still more critters. How much does this guy draw? This is how you become mm. the world's most famous artist. You don't stop drawing, do you? Yeah, true. You know what I mean? You draw so many critters until they take over the world. Yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i glad we don't learn too much about this Kirby character in the books because he just sat around his horrible basement apartment just drawing all these things. Ugh. We'll get we'll, look. I'll bring something up a bit later about yeah, that. Where's yeah, where's all the blue characters? Anyway. Um, yeah, so more battle. I look, I, and I was really enjoying this. This yeah. whole monsters and humans and robots and all just fighting it out. It was, it was really cool. I really enjoyed. This, this is also the essence of the turtles, isn't it? Yeah, just 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 a melting pot of different yeah. genres and characters. But now we're seeing Donatello just hacking these things to bits with his club. Yeah. Yeah. He's had not enough with the shenanigans. Now it's, uh, it's, it's, it's playtime, not, not playtime. It's kill time. <laughs> awesome. Splash page. Yep. Yep. We got, this is, this must be Kirby's sort of stuff in the background here with, the uh, with the weather patterns. Yeah, yep. It's, it's very Kirby reminisce. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, again, man, I'm, I'm just so blown away with, um, again, the, the the monster on the bottom left-hand side, not so much the one next to Donnie. All right, this one. With the pointed nose. Not so much, that that's not so much a Kirby design. But this the other two, is... yeah. The guy with the, the axe thing and the one that Donnie's thrown in the air. Mm. You know, very Kirby-esque, man. Um, Great detail as well, because you can actually see the joints of, yeah. of these characters, and you can see how they would move yeah. and walk. Which like is, this thing yeah. looks like a lobster, yeah. you know? Yeah, with all the carapace and mm. the way it would fold in on each other for it to make have movement and that. Dude, fuck, I was loving this. Mm. Even again, reading it again, man, so good. Just It's fun. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, like, this, this, this game that I keep on going back to... Um, where it's based in the 90s and um, Comic Zone. It's the Mega Drive. Have you ever played this? It's this dude who's a, who's a comic book um, writer or comic book drawer. Right. And, um, and this evil comic book drawer right. sends him into one of his comic books. Okay. Like competing. And so he's the ultimate 90s dude because he's got, he's got a ponytail, he's got glasses, he's got a pet rat, and he's stuck in a comic book. And the bad guy is constantly drawing these characters that you have to fight. Yeah. And you're leaping from panel to panel. Right. And it's like meta. It's You'd love it. Yeah, yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah. yeah cool. And again, the no limits to your imagination. Yeah. You know, just, just draw whatever you want down there. I'm also getting a big uh, Masters of the Universe sort of vibe. Actually, Because yeah. of these, these um, characters' weapons. Yeah. You know? And again, because they all look similar builds as well. Yeah. It just, it just feels... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very well thought out in their structures. Mm. Um, okay, so Kirby is seeing that Donnie's having a tough time, so he's like, yeah, "I've got a tough do time murdering all of his creations." Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Donatello well, more, you know, amped up and killing graphically things. violent. Yeah, um, and look, maybe Jack Kirby, maybe he doesn't care because to him they're just drawings. Mm-hmm. He cares more about Donnie. You know what I mean? Because dude, Donnie's not... Well, but it's a flesh and blood <clears throat> yeah. person as opposed to just something he made up. But are these things now flesh and blood? Well, Don't they deserve to be, you know, living in peace? 
Luke, beautiful things are good, oh. ugly things are bad, That's we true. must kill all ugly things. That's what the wizards, uh, the, was it the, the Wizard of Oz, do you remember? Like, aren't you, you're a witch, aren't you evil? No, 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 I'm a good witch, because I'm good yeah. looking. Well, yeah. I was thinking more Lord of the Rings. Oh! Orcs and goblins are ugly, so they're bad. Yeah, yeah. Elves are beautiful, so they're good. So they must be good. Um, and then, yeah, so Kirby's having a bit of drawer's block. Mm-hmm. But then the penny drops. Right? He figures out how he's going to save the day. Isn't this... Oh, that's such a cool, cool shot. Um, the Donatello giving the perp... The, well, in your one, it's purple. In mine, obviously, it's black and white. Hitting him under the chin with his bow yeah. stuff. But we don't we don't see that view of a turtle. Like yeah. we really see his neck and uh yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. It is cool, yeah. Alright, well this is probably where you should have let out of the gate, Kirby, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um So but I see this part as being within the universe's magic. Yeah. That he's drawing over the drawings he's already done mm. and drawing them in shackles so the shackles appear and get them. Yep. See, now that makes sense to me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 And every monster is taken care of. Thank you, Kirby. The indigenous life is like, thank you, Mr. Sorcerer. It's like, no, no, I am your father. Well, he no, he didn't invent them. He just invented the monsters. What? This is just a planet where his monsters were going and causing shit. Oh. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, I never picked that up. Right. I thought he was responsible for everything. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He was just oh. he was just doing the monsters. Oh, good. So, so he is responsible for the monsters, and he's now taking care of business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Donnie and uh, Kirby are best mates, like schoolyard chums with their arms around each yeah. other's shoulders. You remember in school when you used to hang out with your mate and you'd put your arm around him like that? <laughs> some some man in a basement that you barely know. Yeah. And uh, even even your best friend, best human friend, told you to stay away yeah. from him. Uncle, Uncle Dominic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the portal's getting smaller. Mm. Right? So, Why? Because... <laughs> <laughs> Like, why now? Because now we need a ticking clock. Now we need dramatic tension. That's right. Because mm. we, now we need to wrap this shit up. All right. So Don's barely made it through it. Kirby has... There you go. And, and it dissolves and disappears before Kirby can get through it. So Kirby's trapped on this alien planet. Does Kirby have the... The pen with a thing on it? Yeah. Alright. He'll be alright. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so as, as the portal disappears, a paper plan comes through. Mm-hmm. Alright, so Donnie takes that and tucks it in his belt and says, I'll, I'll look at that later. Alright. He goes Raph's back upstairs, Raph's still bitching and moaning, and Donnie glares, and Raph's like, the, what's Donatello upset about? The world revolves. The world revolves around me and my cold shower. Selfish bastard. But uh, you know, Donnie's just spent the whole day murdering <laughs> these horrible creatures. Yep. So he's probably a bit, bit amped. So he goes into his bedroom and opens the letter up, and it's actually the drawing that Kirby did for of him with the mechanical thing. But he's quickly written on it. Don, life at best is bittersweet. Take care of yourself, Kirby. 
You selfish bastard. The Endos. Yeah. Now, do you have any backup content? No. I do. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, first thing I want to bring up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. My favourite story about Jack Kirby... Yep. Right? Is when he was drawing Captain America comics after World War II, Mm -hmm. so in the 60s or whatever, Mm -hmm. and a new wave of neo-Nazis started trying to get a political party going in America. Yeah. And he was so outspoken about Nazis that a bunch of, I think it's three or four neo-Nazis, went to the Marvel offices where he was drawing Mm. and said, we're going to come up and we're going to fucking kill Jack Kirby. Jesus. Right? And the secretary, you know, rang up and said, look, we're going to need some security, you know. Mm. And Jack says, no, 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 don't worry about it. And Jack goes downstairs Punch shit out of all four of them. <laughs> right? Back in the day where you could do that. Well, yeah. yeah so he was that's... like, he he was a great artist, yeah. but he, my understanding, he was never as sort of timid as he's depicted here. Yeah, yeah. He was a scrapper and like, you know, he, he didn't tolerate Nazism. Oh. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it, it, World War Two was close enough that he probably had, well, yeah, again, I'm just guessing now, but, you know, you saw the effects of it at the time, even if mm. you were a kid and you weren't alive at the time. Mm. Um, so he was a scrapper. So I was actually looking forward to him throwing a few punches <laughs> myself, you know. That's a shame. Um, but yeah. It's interesting. Can you imagine like what he was saying when he was beating up those Nazis? <laughs> Fuck you, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, that's great. Now, let's get into the story behind the creation of this comic. Okay. What I have in my version is two pages of... Um, commentary by Kevin Eastman and by Peter Led. Oh my God! Kevin Eastman went said that this issue was pretty much entirely Peter Led. Yeah, right. Yep. Even as far as um, and Peter Led goes on to confirm that the layouts for the panels and things, um, Peter Led said he never did such detailed. Um, layouts before but he was so into this comic that mm. you know it's very much they could have inked his layouts you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. of course they didn't because they were working together but this entire story was done on from Peter Laird's head yeah right Kevin Eastman's like yeah man I, just, I was just along for the ride with this I did the art things um, but but so who I mean they shared 50-50 with the turtle design then like whose turtle is this well, you're right. pretty, well, pretty much um, Peter Leds. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. But now, the one part of the story that Kevin Eastman brought yep. was the goofy dancing stick figure. <laughs> okay. Right? Because uh, um, Peter Led had a page of explanation of how it worked. And right. Kevin Eastman was like, well, why don't we show him how it works with uh, That's awesome. Donatello drawing it and that sort of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but apart from that, this whole issue was pretty much Peter Laird's idea. And now, where this issue came from was at the time this came out, um, Jack Kirby was actually in a big legal battle with Marvel, oh. trying to get back a lot of his artwork. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the eighties, and they actually reached out to the Kirby estate and was like, 
we want to do this issue and all the money that comes from this issue, we would love to donate to your legal cause. Mm. And the Kirby family was like, they, they politely declined. You know oh. what I mean? They were like, look, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. But, mm. you know, we want to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but that's where the, the whole story issue then came Kirby from. Kirby got the message. What? Yeah. Yes. Kirby went out <laughs> and punched some Nazis. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that, that's the background of the story is that they wanted to do something to help Jack Kirby's legal battle. Well, battles. do you remember the Les page at, uh, at the end of one of uh, one of these stories a couple of weeks ago? Remind me. There was there was a call out. This is what's happening with Kirby. Mm. If anybody can help, mm. this is where you can, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that that's that's where this issue came from, which actually endears it to me a bit more. That yeah, okay. You know, of course, there's you know there's some flaws in the story, and oh. like I said, I would have liked Jack Kirby to punch a few Nazi space monsters, <laughs> but um, you know, knowing that that's sort of the heart where it came from. Yeah. You know, that they're trying to help out a guy who is an inspiration to both of them. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say this is Peter Laird's sort of comic because Donatello is as pretty much Peter Laird. Yep. You know, like a gentle, um, you know... Um, thoughtful. Thoughtful, um, intellectual. Yep. And and that's the same with the, their depiction of Kirby. Yeah. You know, a bit of a loner, yeah. but, you know, they get along really well. Actually, that's something else they actually both bring up in their um, commentary at the end of the issue here, mm. is that, yeah, they said that Raphael was Eastman. Yeah. And Donatello was um, Donatello, yeah. Laird. And, that, you know, Raphael was always, you know, a bit of a hothead and that sort of stuff. And they so they even admitted in their post... Uh, you know, that, uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's learning that um, really endears it to me even more, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't have this in my graphic right. novel collection because they just stuck to the to the main story. Yep. So all these micro-series, I've loved discovering all these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. That's no, good. It's like a one and done. Yep. Um, again, you know, this is the third story that we've looked at where... They have to get through into another dimension yep. to, to have a story kick off. Yep. So we went to space through the transmat. Mm-hmm. Then we had Renee take yep. them through time. Yep. And now we're going through Stargate. Yep. And so nothing organically happens. Yeah, yeah. Even though they're teenage mutant ninja turtles. And they got the... We haven't seen the Foot Clan for God knows how long either. Yeah, yeah, you know? true. But we keep on getting sucked into these these adventures. So for, for, for about six issues... Mm. Plus three issues, the three solo books. We haven't seen Foot Clan, so that's about nine issues we haven't seen Foot Clan. That's hilarious. It's almost like, yeah, yeah, no, that was just one story. So yeah. no, no, we that's what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, good on them. Yeah, so but look, that was a fun one. This yeah, one. it was really good. I really enjoyed rereading it. Um, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Because like Donatello, especially in the cartoon series, he's intellectual in the sense of a scientist. Yeah, and. Um, so it's weird that for this one-off, they didn't go purely science route. Yep. They went with a comic book. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. All right. So any other closing comments on it? I think we've just about wrapped that up. No, oh, good. No, I liked learning about how personal this was to them. Yeah. And, um, and Peter's contribution. Because I think I'm a little bit unfair to Peter, uh, especially in terms of art stakes. Because yeah, I yeah. just think Kevin's the guy. Yep. But um, they, you know... I'm very impressed with Peter. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, like like I said, man, I just had a great time reading it. It was it was one of the fun ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though, like like we said, yeah, they haven't didn't quite nail down their magic. Mm. Um, but uh, it was still it was, it was a fun ride, and especially you know with the hindsight of understanding who Kirby is and seeing such a good uh, imitation, homage, mm. whatever you want to say. You know, it was, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was imaginative as well. Yeah, yeah. And again, it goes to the whole point of being creative. Yep. And um, and that's what the turtles are all about as well. Yeah, they're a melting pot of craziness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's about it for this week. Next week we'll be looking at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number nine. Okay, um, so get your copies of that before we uh, talk about this next week. Um, look, hit us up on the socials, all that sort of stuff. Um, MovieClub.net on Facebook and is that your Twitter as well? Movie yes. Yeah. Um, big uh, at Big on Twitter and Instagram. Um, all that shit. Join the Facebook page. Don't forget to rate and review it on whatever app you're listening on. All that sort of stuff, guys. And uh, well, thanks for listening. And be good to each other. This was a Turtle Boy podcast. <laughs>